0: This is a Kelly's Angels production. Hi, everyone. I'm Mark Mulholland, and welcome to The Upbeat, a podcast about perseverance and hope from Kelly's Angels. This is a show for anyone who knows what it's like to face loss and adversity. It's all about getting through grief and rediscovering joy in life. Thank you for listening.
1: The Upbeat is made possible by the generosity of our sponsors. This episode of The Upbeat is sponsored by the Bobert Family Fund, the Rachel Ray Foundation, and Mohawk Honda.
0: We have a very special guest on The Upbeat today. She's a celebrity chef, author, businesswoman, host of a popular daytime talk show, and a very generous philanthropist. If you haven't guessed who I'm talking about, it's the one and only Rachel Ray. Rachel, thank you for joining me. I know there are so many demands on your time.
2: I am happy to, and you know what? I am always here, literally. <laughs> That's the thing about a pandemic, <laughs> isn't it? So um,
0: let's let's start right away. This is a, let me tell you that this is a, an upbeat. Uh, it's called the Upbeat. It's a podcast about perseverance and hope. We searched for a way. Our organization, Kelly's Angels, searched for a, a way during this pandemic to connect with people and to give them ideas for being able to persevere not only through a pandemic but through the loss of a of a sibling or a parent
2: i absolutely love the name and the title and the the pursuit in and i am a believer Let's talk about something that's near and
0: dear to both of our hearts initially, and that's food, comfort food. What's your go-to comfort food?
2: None at this time. When I think of comfort food now, it's so funny, but there's so many Americans and neighbors uh, in need, including most all of my industry, uh, our food and beverage and service and restaurant workers um, are literally hungry. Uh, and filling the very, very long lines, socially distanced in their cars or literally standing on cold streets, looking for comfort, looking for food that they can prepare and share with their families. I have to tell you, I feel quite strange being in my profession and still having a job and being able to work. I feel terribly guilty when I make the you know, beautiful food for my family, for our show to share with folks. I try and be very careful with what I write and um, and and what we we share on the show, because I just feel so mindful and heart heavy um, of those whose uh, stomachs are empty and who are worried for their kids. Uh, it, It is just a very difficult time. So I think now any food that we have to share is comfort food when we can, if we can, if you make your own homemade stock, if you know how to cook like an OG, if you know how to cook like an old school uh, like like myself or my mom, or maybe you grew up in a big family, if you know how to stretch a buck and make your own stock and make your own soup or make your own breads and things, share with your community, give to your churches and your soup kitchens and your reach out centers because there's, there's there's more neighbors out there than you think that are ashamed to admit it, but they're they so Very hungry.
0: Are you particularly empathetic toward restaurant and service employees now?
2: And toward all of our frontline professionals, quite frankly, you know, there are so many folks out there who've been putting their lives on the line. And yes, these are some of the faces you now see on the food lines too. We have highlighted folks on our show for months and months now, since since this fall, since the launch of this season. It has been our initiative. It's just myself and John in our house, as you know. It's just the two of us here. But we have all of our producers working from home, and we have said as a team it is our number one goal to share stories of people in their communities. You know, it's wonderful to have on uh, our celebrity uh, folks. You know, we, we uh, have Michael J. Fox, who's such a constant inspiration to me and, and uh, one of my dear, dear friends and dennis leary came on to talk not only about our frontline workers but about the loss of our home to fire uh cameron diaz it was so beautiful and open like we love to have celebrities but what's important to me right now for our show especially as we do it here from home we just want to share hope with people it is the number one goal of our television show is to share
0: hope you said the goal of the show is hope how do you personally Remain So Upbeat. The name of this podcast is The Upbeat, Rachel. How do you do it? I mean, for, for years, your your sunny disposition and you're smiling as I, as I mentioned this now, people look to you as being sort of a, a ray of light, for lack of a better term. How do you do it? You must, there must be times when you get down.
2: I get up at four o'clock in the morning and I read people's letters. They write it almost like they're writing Santa Claus. Some of them just say, Rachel Ray, the guest house in Lake Luzerne. <laughs> and somehow the letter finds me. And, and I live uh, about a football field's length away from my 86-year-old mom. She is here. She keeps your head on. She is a tough Sicilian, and uh, she doesn't allow you to stray too far from uh, home base, you know, with your attitude or your gratitude or your grace. Uh, the things that my mother instilled in me aside from uh, a work ethic that is um, paramount in my life. But I spend about an hour, hour and a half, between 4, four fifteen. 15. Uh, I sit down and I, I read what other folks are going through and what they get out of our show. And I thank them for taking the time to share with us. This one woman wrote me today. I answered and she has PTSD. And the show has been keeping her company through this horrible fight. Um, and people that have special needs kids that like the funny sound in my voice and teachers that have been working from home and folks that have lost their jobs and folks celebrating finding a new job, although it's not their dream job, folks that have lost their homes, folks that have lost their dogs of 15, 16, 17. One person even wrote their dog lived to be 18. Uh, So, you know, we're all sharing with each other stories of loss and finding ourselves again and, and trying to find that light again Every time you're you're blessed enough to open your eyes, you have to figure out why that is and and what there is that day that you 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 can be grateful for.
0: You just mentioned a whole litany of things where people tell you the the difficult things they're going through in life. How do you not take that on? How do you not internalize that? How do you, is, that's I do the-
2: internalize it. That's the point. You have to feel each other's pain. I'm not afraid of pain. It helps you find uh, the courage to go on. I just want to uh, be an example of the importance of listening to each other, whether it's on paper or uh, with, with our spoken voice or in the actions that we put forth in this world every day of our lives. Of course, there's pain involved. That's just life. That's the beauty of it is people trying to connect with each other in dark times. And then, you know, one day we'll all be writing about happy stuff and talking about happy stuff and in places where we can all be together again, you know, at public events and things, uh, which used to be a huge part of my life and, of course, are, is a zero part of my life now. So, you know, we used to all be able to do this in person. And I've always been a, a chit-chatter and a, a hugger. It's, it's very difficult for me um, to learn the discipline of doing it only through written word, but I'm thrilled that people take the time. Uh, But no, you can't can't take yourself out of that loop. The whole point is to be in the loop and to feel it.
0: Rachel, I couldn't agree more. We're going to take a real quick break to thank our underwriters. Their generosity, including yours, directly supports Kelly's Angels and our mission to help families in New York's capital region who are affected by cancer or other life-threatening conditions.
1: Support for The Upbeat comes from The Rachel Ray Foundation, which works with causes near and dear to Rachel's heart. Learn more at rachelrayfoundation.org The Bobear Family Fund, which supports charitable organizations that efficiently use the resources they have to make a disproportional impact on the world around them. And Mohawk Honda, a family-owned car dealership serving New York's Capital Region. Beyond selling new and used Honda vehicles and providing high-quality auto service and parts, Mohawk Honda has an unwavering commitment to the community it serves. Learn more at mohawkhonda.com. If your business would like to be an underwriter and help Kelly's Angels, email us at theupbeatpod at gmail.com. Now let's get back to my dad's interview with Rachel Ray.
2: What are you
0: most looking forward to when this pandemic is over? You personally, you and John, what are you you most looking forward to?
2: Well, we miss... uh our apartment of course, our, our other half of our life is New York City and we haven't been there since March 11th of, of last year. I certainly miss takeout food, <laughs> live music, uh, delivery of everything, fluff and fold. I'm so sick of ironing sheets and doing laundry. I really miss fluff and fold and I miss, I miss the luxuries that we take for granted, poor or well off in New York we all have these little luxuries no matter what neighborhood or borough you live in everybody's got a fluff and fold service everybody's got a deli on the corner that delivers we certainly miss live music and broadway and uh uh, rock shows and the opera and we miss the theater you know we're very grateful that we're here in the beautiful adirondacks this is my home since i was uh, in second grade and I, I, I've lived here all of my adult life, too. We're blessed to still have jobs, you know, uh, and be near mom. But we do miss those 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 fun parts of being in a city, you know, and the subway and being able to go anywhere quickly, uh, you know, and, and have a total change of environment. Restaurants, I mean, everywhere. Here, there, <laughs> everywhere. I mean... And we have a home, we have land we bought in Italy uh, that we were in the middle of uh, building on and and renovating, uh, which is a project we're doing with A&E. And we we can't see our own home and our passports burned with our house. So we don't even have a passport anymore. (laughs) So we certainly miss traveling. <laughs> me, God, I don't want,
0: I'm very sorry for all that you've gone through. That was horrible. Oh, thank you. And, but
2: and, You know, it's happened to a lot of folks and we're here and that's all that matters.
0: Has that been something, you know, this is a podcast about perseverance. Was there a time where you said, why me? Why, why did this have to happen? No,
2: I, I mean, it was an accident. You know, this stuff builds up in the chimney. We tried to get our chimneys cleaned twice a year like you're supposed to, but Chris, so, you so know, it builds up. We had a roof that caught fire very easily and one little puff came out the top of the chimney and landed on the roof and the whole house burned down. It happened when it was still daylight hours, thankfully. If it happened at nighttime, we'd be dead. So I'm just thrilled, you know, that we are uh, alert and aware and we had this little guest house, which looks big cause I put a high roof on it, but it's, it's, it's really just one big room and one small bedroom. I came here in flip-flops and the clothes on my back and my husband the same, he wasn't flip-flops. He had like, I think a boat shoe on, but literally we walked over here down the road and across the street with our dog and our lives and literally the stuff on our back and that was it.
0: you still feel Uh,
2: fortunate oh my gosh we had a roof we had a place to go when we look at so many families who lost their homes and their livelihoods in in some cases in washington northern california oregon we just feel so blessed you know um that, that we had a place to to get to we've all lived through the same type of experiences the social unrest the the pandemic the all of these emotional and economic upheavals of this last year of 2020. What I think it's taught all of us is that there is no escape from suffering, there is no escape from bad days and bad times. And in the end, shouldn't that help you find more of your humanity, not less.
0: Amen. Amen to that. Let's talk a little bit about your personal favorites of food. You said it's difficult to talk about comfort food when, are, <laughs> when there are empty bellies. But what is, is there when you're feeling a little down? You and you and John, perhaps. Is there what's what's the go-to?
2: John's favorite is carbonara. It's his absolute favorite dish in the world. And I remember you to describing it, it before because
0: you said it's got to be like snot.
2: It's right? bacon yeah. and egg spaghetti. It's coal yeah. miner's pasta, basically, and miners and and uh, uh, hard hard working. Men, they would render out salted pork, so pancetta or smoked pancetta, guanciale, which is the cheeks of a, a large uh, pig, <laughs> uh, the jowls, the jowls. jowls yeah. um, so it's it's you render that fat and you toss the pasta with tempered eggs. The eggs are beaten with cheese and the hot water that you cook the pasta in. And you mix it all together in a pan. It's just bacon and egg pasta. It's a very simple dish, but it's by far John's favorite thing on the planet. Uh, So I have to make that several times a year. Um, My mom is very uh, fickle. She became a vegetarian in her early 80s. Now she's 86 and during the pandemic she's decided she's a flexitarian and will eat anything. Um, But in in very small amounts and very specific portions and depending on her mood. Um, My sister only likes food that I absolutely hate cooking because she wants me to overcook meat. She doesn't eat any form of mushroom. She doesn't like pork. Uh, She's very, very specific, very specific. So in every day, I have to make very... uh, Diverse menus, not only for our television show but for the people that I feed. My mom and my sister and some of my friends—they all pick up their food in the backyard, underneath the little cover that I I, I had constructed for a garden bench, and it's like a human bird feeder. <laughs> so I feed I feed everybody. Show food from the show. My husband just walked outside to. Oscar's super sharp cheddar Ooh. bacon burgers with uh, upland cress, like similar to watercress, and a horseradish Dijon uh, a creme fraiche sauce, uh, and some caramelized onions uh, on toasted brioche, and you just Ooh. put that on on the human bird feeder <laughs> for Peter and Susan, who I'm are our friends, away, are Rachel, artists no. and, and florists that help me with our decorations for the show and for the beautiful florals in our home. So we, we feed a lot of people every day. So I never think about what my favorites are. I just think about the food I make for other people to make them happy. And I think most cooks and chefs are the same. We're very non-picky eaters. We'll eat pretty much anything. <laughs> We're happy with a scrambled egg or uh, you know a bowl of mush, literally, polenta <laughs> to grape nuts, who cares? Uh, But we like to please the people we're feeding. So that becomes more of our goal. I was going to point that
0: out. I asked you what your favorite food is. And like a true- I listed
2: everybody. Yes, like like a
0: true food service professional. You tell me what everyone else likes. But what is (laughs) it? Is there something
2: that you find that if it's around, you can't stop putting it in your mouth? Sure, a lot of stuff. I mean- I mean, anything that you're working on, the cook is always tasting it. A piece of cheese or a piece of crispy bacon that you rendered for something. Anything with nuts. I love nuts. The thing that I, I really doesn't appeal to me at all is anything sweet. Isn't that funny? But I just, my sister is such a wonderful baker and she loves sweets and she's so talented um, when it comes to making the sweet and the not too sweet. Uh, but I just, I have absolutely zero sweet tooth. So I could stand next to chocolates and cupcakes and treats of any kind all day and wouldn't wouldn't faze me. If I'm standing next to toasted nuts or something salty, um, chances are I, I, I've been picking at it. I've been stealing little nibbly bits, as, as we say.
0: I have two final questions. I know your time is tight. Uh, one is we've had an expert on the podcast, a, a doctor on the podcast, who offered advice to people who are struggling, telling them that they need to get involved in something or they should try getting involved in something that is bigger than themselves. Mm. You have done that for years with with all of your various foundations and all of your philanthropic pursuits. Have you Mm. found that that is personally uplifting to you?
2: When we started our brand, it was uh, just over 15, 16 years ago now, 16 years. Michelle and the magazine and the brand are all around the same age. So from day one, when I drew my first pots for the kitchen, or we decided we would enter into becoming something other than an on air um, personality or an author, I said to my husband, we should uh, structure the business to uh, pursue our, our philanthropic um, endeavors. I said, "Look, you know, we can give a percentage from day one. If this takes off and our brand is successful, we can use that to pay it forward." John and I got married very late in life. He was thirty-nine, I think. I was thirty-eight. We uh, obviously, I launched a television show that year. We we chose not to have children for obvious reasons, because of our age and and what was going on in our lives. So it was important for our brand to support uh children the next generation first in improving their school food providing food for those going hungry and providing educational funds uh, via scholarships through the national restaurant association um Jenny Kitty any wanted to go into a food-related business that worked out really well and after we gave away a few million dollars we thought well this is a great model so we are animal lovers of course and our uh, our kid uh, uh, was a pit bull so uh, we we use the same model to create safe, very high quality um, dog uh, originally, and then dog and cat food, so that we could provide for animals in the same way we were providing for kids. So that's that was the genesis of the whole thing. But what we do in our own lives that's kind of keeping our head on, is making time for ourselves. John goes to the cellar and plays music and and gets away from me. I go to what used to be our garage here. I turned into a den shed and I study painting or I take Italian lessons. We do things that are specific to our interests so that we have something we're trying to learn that's new or something that's trying our brain in a new way and, and trying to keep us working, you know, it, it, philanthropy is very important and work is very important. It's also very important to have a sense of self and to develop something that means a lot to you or something that is completely new to you as an as a as a you know, as an individual, sure. you can't lose sight of yourself, then you become a martyr. Uh, and that's a, a grumpy, lonely place to be you don't want to be there either in my opinion
0: Find that. You, you want to
2: be a, a person that can contribute you can't contribute to the world if you're not excited about your own day
0: yeah <laughs> thank you for your time and and i hope you stay well and i hope you're back thank in the you, studio love. soon do you have a goal do you, is there any chance of getting back in the next three, four months. As soon
2: as we can get vaccinated and we feel uh, safe, yes, sure, of course. I I, I miss our our other home. Um, You know, we miss, we really do miss New York. I miss getting my hair cut and having a facial, for goodness sake. I've never been a spa person and I don't like massages, but I sure do miss somebody rubbing on my face. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Rachel. I appreciate it. Thank you, love. Perfect. Thank you. Be
0: safe. Be well. Special thanks to Rachel Ray for being a guest on The Upbeat and for her support of Kelly's Angels. And thank you for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Please record a voice memo or a short video of your question, comment, or advice for staying upbeat and persevering. You can email your file to us at theupbeatpod at gmail.com. On our next episode, I'll talk to Sarah Cattarey a breast cancer survivor who will leave you feeling inspired when you hear how her acts of kindness are paying it forward. Until next time, I'm Mark Mulholland. Take care and stay on The Upbeat.
1: Special thanks to our media partner, 32 Mile Productions, for their help in recording our episodes. Emily Yan, a graphic designer and art director who invested her time and talent to create our podcast logo. Videographer, editor, and Kelly's Angels board member, Lou Graff coordinating producer, and Kelly's Angels board member, Jenny Sperano, and all the volunteer Kelly's Angels board members who had a hand in making this podcast possible.
0: And one of those board members is my daughter, McKenna Rose Mulholland, who's been doing a great job as our voiceover talent for this podcast. So thank you, McKenna.
1: You're welcome, Dad. Can I finish now? You bet. Thanks for listening to The Upbeat.